Welcome to the Antlerless Podcast. Hunting for everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode nine. I am here with my co-host for today and other half of Squirrel Team 6, Matt. Hi. Why are you being so loud? <laughs> I don't know. I just started out loud because I was nervous. <laughs> I can I can fix it in post. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're Squirrel Team 6. If you are a pine squirrel in the Howard, Colorado area. Or a fox squirrel that's living in our guest cabin. You've heard of us. <laughs> we're the nightmares. <laughs> We're the ghouls. I don't know what all. Do you all think the, they know about us? I don't think the squirrels have higher order thinking. So, be more fun if they did. I don't think it would because they they're really crafty some bitches already. So if they had higher order thinking, they'd have like mini rocket launchers, like that meme of a squirrel with a little rocket launcher or something. I saw a taxidermy today that was a squirrel riding a rabbit, shooting archery off of the rabbit. Yeah, you, know, you see those competition you people mean, in competitions that you are. You mean a taxidermy that rep like in the fashion of a diorama that accurately predict or pro- portrays, portrays how squirrels and rabbits form symbiosis in nature. Sure, yeah, something like that. I don't know where he got his little uh, quiver and and bow and arrow, but it was pretty cute. Have you ever seen their little hands? I'm sure they can sew. <laughs> they are pretty dexterous. Dexterous. Highly dexterous. <laughs> they have know. a high level of dexterity in their yeah, hands. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. Well, it's been a while since we have recorded. Do we want to talk? It's been a long time since we were squirrel hunting. But Well, I went elk hunting before we went squirrel hunting last. Okay. So, so we should talk about that. All right. Well, how was your elk hunt? Which which season did you do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me. I don't know. She just got me a tag and I went out and <laughs> tried to get me one and didn't. You hunted the second rifle season with an over-the-counter tag. Over-the-counter bull elk. I had an add-on draw for a bear. And even with points, I did not draw a whitetail for this unit, which... You mean a mule deer? A mule deer for this unit. Yeah, sorry. There's no whitetail. That's our, it's written down. That's like the next thing on the list, so I'm thinking about the wrong ungulate. So, I don't know a lot about hunting large game, and I don't know a lot about most things. <laughs> <laughs> so, I set out to hunt a unit that I know really well, and I mean, every time I go mountain biking in this area, and like, I'm going to blow the spot up, I don't care. Like, it's, it's Rainbow Trail. It's all the stuff that I ride I mean, all the time. Rainbow Trail's 100 miles long, so it could yeah, be anywhere. Yeah, but the stuff that, like, I ride isn't 100 miles long. Yeah. So, but pretty much from, like, Howard to Poncha along the Rainbow Trail is where I was going to hunt. The squirrel spot gets really blown out with hunters, um, so I, I didn't bother with that. But I, you know, I got up the first day, it's Saturday morning. I put in this hard hike, and when I say hard, I mean from from that spot where we always enter the trail here. From where you parked, let's say at the trailhead. Yeah, at the trailhead to the top is probably 
four miles and probably 2,500 or 3,000 feet of gain. Yeah, easily. I mean, it's it's easily 2,500 total feet of change, absolute elevation change, but that doesn't account for going up, down, up, down. Yeah. Um, I just set out and, I mean, it was a real good morning. It was a little bit cold, but not, not unbearably cold. And if you're like, wow, this is a week-long hunt, and he spent five minutes, like, just bear <laughs> with me. Out I go. Everything was cool. And I'm set up, and I look over, and I'm like, there's an animal. And I'm 99% sure that that's not an elk. I was like, but it's opening morning. And if I don't, and the way that it was set up. You're at like a meadow on the top of a ridge line at, I don't know, it's probably like. 995. Yeah, around 9,000 feet. Might be a little bit higher. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm finding small hummingbird nests. I'm finding. Um, You're live- like a Disney princess right now. I'm finding livestock grazing sampling zones where they make it where cattle that are in a grazing area can't graze a small area of grass to do impact studies. Like I'm learning all kinds of things. I'm having a ball. And I'm like, man, that's an ungulate. And I'm 99% sure it's a deer. But if I don't do this, like I had to go like back down the ridge line and kind of like swoop around the point of the drainage that was between us and then head back out on the next ridge line. I'm like, if I never, if I don't go look for that, I'm just, it's not You're like I don't have wonder. time, you know? So I, uh, start beep bopping down this ridge line. And remember, I don't have a mule deer tag. And I'm like, yep, cool. Perfect. Perfect setup. When I say perfect, like the wind is blowing straight in my face, straight to me and beep bopping down this ridge line. There's this big hank of a mule deer. It's like a four by four. It's thick, like with three C's. <laughs> dump truck's brother. Yeah, dump truck's brother. Big Hank, right there. Doesn't know that I exist. And it was like feeding head down straight towards me. And over the next, no exaggeration, probably three or five minutes, this deer turns full broadside to me at 104 yards, grazes with his head stuck down behind some gamble oak, just oblivious that I exist. And if you're like, well, no, he just wasn't afraid of you. You wait. Well, um, this is an area, too, that there are occasionally a motorcycle might pass by, but other than low that. Low foot traffic. Yeah, yeah. Super, super. It's it's backcountry. It's a backcountry spot for sure. Yeah. And, like, I have time to get my binoculars and take a picture of this deer through my binoculars. I bump up, bump up, bump up. It's still feeding. Doesn't see me. At 40 yards, I got nervous and grunted at it to get it to run away. Were you afraid he was going to, like, nibble at you? No, I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't feel like, like, the idea of getting closer to this animal was no, in my mind, I was going to, like, maybe bump this deer out, and I was going to keep walking down this ridge line, and then look out and see if I could see anything else just kind of, like, perusing off the end of that ridge line. And it never bumped, so I had. I'm just like, I. This is a wild animal. I don't need to. Turned around and just left him. I wanted to go that way still. Oh, like I still. That's the thing is, like I was walking down this ridge line. Wind is ripping straight up the ridge line into my face. This deer's just oblivious to me, 
And I'm like, dude, I want to go that way. There was tons of room. It's not like I was going to get like snarled up with him or anything. I just like wanted to go that way without startling him. Well, I needed to startle him, but like, I don't know. I just didn't want to like, I don't even know how else to put it. Like, I just wanted him to make a move and be gone so I could continue with my day. And that was it. That was my whole week. I, I didn't, I never, I never laid eyes. I saw probably a dozen more mule deer. I got real snarled up at one point, and the weather changed quick, and the road was nasty, and I was real nervous about tearing up that 400. <laughs> well, but. let's rewind a little bit. I had done, you kind of decided a little bit last minute that you were going to hunt elk because you had the bear tag. Like, you were hoping you applied for a deer tag and a bear tag is kind of like, I'll probably get the deer tag and then I'll have the bear tag if I see a bear. Yeah. But then it ended up being you got the bear tag and the the points just didn't didn't work out in your favor. You had about a 50-50 chance, I think, when I looked at it. No, I should have I should have gotten a tag. Now, I looked at the draw results for this year and you had about a 50-50 chance. I don't ever want to talk about points and draw again then. I just don't understand it and I don't care. It's all stupid. <laughs> okay. And this isn't a podcast where we're going to talk about points and points creep and all that shit. I mean, you don't have to. I'm not going to be sitting at this table like those conversations. Like you may as well be talking like low speed rebound to a triathlete. I just don't get it. <laughs> but a triathlete doesn't need to use low speed rebound. I don't. I don't you, care. If you I want to hunt in Colorado, I don't, I don't care. All right. Well. That's how you got to hunting elk, was you had a bear tag, you didn't get your deer tag, and kind of, I think, two or three weeks before the season started, you're like, hey, I, I want to hunt, I think I want to hunt elk. And Well, you hadn't had a successful season, we had a pretty yeah. empty freezer. Right, yeah. I really wanted more burgers in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I already had the time off. Right, so I I had scouted the spot where you were talking about the weather got bad, it had snowed a little bit, enough that on this one high point, kind of on the north end of the unit, that I found, when I went out and was hiking around, I found some really fresh tracks. Oh, we're getting there. Well, I was just going to, that's how you got to, you You went to this area where you wanted to go, and then I kind of convinced you, I feel like, to go to the other spot. Yeah, but I just needed to check that one spot off. I checked it off. I went up there. There yeah. was no animals. But that was the rest of my week. I went places. I would see maybe tracks. I would maybe see a couple mule deer. I would move on. And then my hunt really, really culminates with the last day. Spoiler, there is no, like, happy ending to this story. I parked, and by GPS that day, I ended up hiking 12 miles. Fresh snow, probably two to three inches of snow. It's cold all day. It was gnarly, just not a fun day in terms of like it gets windy up there it was windy not super windy but it was just cold and unforgiving and i just i followed elk tracks get it snowed the night before a hike up in fresh snow i follow elk and bear tracks all day i knew where the elk were bedding i knew where they were shitting i knew where they were walking i never laid eyes on an elk until when that wrapped up, I got back to the car. I'd gotten into the, I'd parked at like 
let's say like five, I think, in the morning. I got back to the car just at like four. And I hopped in well, the truck and I hopped in the truck and I was like, I'm going to go buzz around this little zone for a little bit on the off chance that on some of this open public drivable land, there's just like a herd of elk just standing there chewing and I can get out and like blast one from the ditch. Just had to hail Mary it. And it wasn't until I was driving around that I see, I saw a carcass and then in another spot I saw someone was finishing their pack out with their head. And that was the only elk I laid eyes on. That was the only elk hair that I saw in like a week and probably 80-something miles of hiking around was two dead animals. They were in there. I just never laid eyes on them. So came back from that, and a uh, small dog wasn't doing so good. That wasn't great. Yeah, that was sad. And then uh, we went out on a... Uh, Let's get out of the house and not think about how you just euthanize your dog by blasting a bunch of squirrels. <laughs> now that I think about this and say it out loud, it you doesn't know, I think we could just say we, we went out into nature and distracted ourselves in a healthy manner rather than in an unhealthy manner that some people might turn to, I don't know, say drugs or alcohol. We went hunting. You got any cocaine, Joe? <laughs> yeah, the squirrels didn't have any cocaine. Yeah, and we went out as Squirrel Team 6, and we blasted a bunch of squirrels. Turns out we're pretty good at that. Yeah, we, we, we've got a good team squirrel hunting way about us. Like I like to hunt with the shotgun. Matt likes the twenty two, And if you are two people going out on a squirrel hunt, I feel like that is the perfect way to do it, is you have occasionally squirrels want to sit still. And just kind of look at you. Or sometimes they're just sitting there playing like squirrel statue on the yeah. tree. They might not even know you exist. Well, they know you exist. They're just, they just stop. Like they just turn into literally like a little squirrel statue and you just see them. And they'll just sit there and not move. They won't twitch. They won't move. They won't do anything. And that's like the perfect 22 shot. And then other times they want to just like, I don't know, go buck wild. They just run. Yeah. They just they just go. And sometimes I feel like that's the hardest shot is the squirrel that is just going totally fucking ape shit, just running as fast as it can and going in all directions. Like that's a that's like a fifty percent of the time you get that shot. At least for me. I'm not that good. Yeah, or like if Andrea shoots one of those squirrels. And then that squirrel like runs out on a limb and you can tell it's like maybe having a bad time but not quite ready to fall on the ground. I can be like Yep. Thump. Almost had a squirrel land on me on that hunting trip. I mean when I say almost, if you lay down a six by six tarp, where I laid down on the ground the way this squirrel ran up and where I found it, I had to kinda of lay down on this little bank and shoot up over my head and it would have landed. If I had been on that tarp, that squirrel could have landed on the tarp with me. But I didn't. I didn't wait around. Like it did the like slow fall thing, and I was like, "I'm gonna get out of here." It might not. It, it <laughs> might have a little. Might have a little scrap left in him when he <laughs> hits the ground. So that happened to me when I was young and squirrel hunting in Arkansas. I, was, I mean, I, I don't know. I was big enough to hold a shotgun, but not full grown. I don't think I was a teenager yet. You ain't full size yet, anyway. 
I'm about to start shrinking. What are you talking about? Anyway, so, but yeah, I, I shot this squirrel and it, it seemed dead. And I put it in the pocket of my hunting coat. And my hunting coat was like a men's medium from Walmart. And I was maybe 100 pounds, so it just swam on me. It was like a trench coat. Here, 25 years later, you still aren't a yeah, men's I, medium from Walmart. Yeah, and I, I even got that coat from my parents. And it is still entirely too large for me. But I put that squirrel in the pocket of that coat. And a few minutes later, it started to wiggle around and move. And I threw the coat off and the squirrel like kind of found floundered out of there and I shot it again. So it was, uh, I had a live squirrel in my pocket. That was a little scary. It was funny as hell though. Uh, I have a feeling that's funnier now than it was then. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a little bit scared. And talk about whitetail hunting. I am. So in Colorado, you have this December long whitetail over-the-counter whitetail tag that you can get and it's for pretty much all of the game units from Pueblo up the Arkansas River to Leadville and there's a little bit there are a few more units outside of the Arkansas River but that's basically it and it is to manage the whitetail population to keep it on the eastern half of the state And that is the place where they wish to ingress into the mountains, into mule deer territory, is straight up the Arkansas River. So, you can get this over-the-counter tag, and you can hunt the whole month. It's a, if you're, if, if you know about these things, I'm speaking French to Matt now. It's a list B tag, which means if you have a list A deer tag, you can also get one of these tags as well, along with it. And... So it's it's just a good opportunity to hunt, but there's very little public land where there are whitetails along that, where that tag's valid. And one of those places is the, I, and I can blow this spot up because this spot is super blown up already. It's the Pueblo Reservoir State Wildlife Area. And pretty much everywhere else where there's whitetails along the river because this is a very effective tag that they put out. So there aren't actually whitetails in all of the units where it's legal to hunt them for this particular time. Um, So I went to this state wildlife area and I knew it was going to be busy. And this is my first... So when I was a kid, I hunted on private land because it's what you do in the South. There's just not, you know, millions of acres of public land in the South like there is out here. So... I did mostly private land hunting when I was a kid, and then since I've started hunting as an adult, I've done all public land hunting. But this is the first non-backcountry public land hunting that I've really done. This is super crowded public land. And I kind of just ended up with no deer, but just a lot of stories about crazy shit that happens when you are hunting in that type of a place. So I go to this, and I I didn't make it opening morning. I didn't make it out to hunt opening morning. I forgot what was going on, but I was just busy. And so I get out opening day, but in the afternoon. And I have never been to this place before. I've done no scouting. 
I've just done e-scouting pretty much. And I, I kind of know the area where I think there might be deer, just in the river bottom area. I think it was colder than a sunbitch. Yeah, it was it was cold. I don't remember how cold, but yeah, it was cold. And I had e-scouted some, so I kind of had an idea of where to go. And I get there, and I... And just going to interject e-scouting and binos fall into the same category as me i think they cause the same reaction in me as moist does for some people really binos is kind of I, I think that's a silly word uh, i just say binoculars but i mean e-scouting is exactly that anyway and i get there and i just kind of start i don't know going to the first place that i thought where there might be deer and i get up on this Along the river, it's the river kind of runs in, I don't want to say it's a canyon, but there's a big bluff above the river. So you'll have river, you'll have some cottonwood trees and marshy kind of area like river bottom, and then you have this big, steep, canyony wall that rises up over it 50 to 100 feet. And so I get up on top of this wall, and I'm watching over just a patch of cottonwood and marsh area and I can see people on the other side of the river kind of doing the same thing and I see you know people walking along there's an active on the other side of the river from where I hunt there's an active railroad and people are walking on the railroad tracks to access this hunting area there's also a trail that goes off the tracks but these people like to walk on the railroad track which in a few places, if you're walking on it and a train comes, you just kind of have to jump like 20 or 30 feet down into the water. But we won't go there. I definitely saw people walking on that part of it. So that evening, not a whole lot happened. I really just kind of wandered around and kind of got the lay of the land. I sat for a little while and watched some woods and didn't really see anything. I get up in the morning and I, I kind of make a plan for what I want to do in the morning and what it is is that there's in this patch of woods close to the parking area there's a pinch point where deer will either have to jump in the river and swim which they do I found out that they do that very often or they have to come through this little pinch point to get to kind of the next woody area and so I decide that in the morning I'm going to get there really early and I'm going to set up at this pinch point because what's going to inevitably happen is someone will get out of their truck, walk into that first woods right near the parking area and scare deer in my direction. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Sort of. Is I hear a gunshot right after sunrise and this deer comes running in my direction but I can tell there is something wrong with this deer. And this deer runs into some bushes, kind of turns, goes into some bushes, and obviously beds down and dies. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> and so I see, and I, even if this, the hunter comes in a few minutes later, and I see him kind of go into the bushes, and he, I'm like, cool, he found his deer. But it didn't work out exactly how I planned. He wasn't supposed to actually shoot the deer and kill it. It was supposed to run over to where I was so I could shoot it and kill it. But the deer didn't read the script. So I kind of regather and I'm like, well, I'm going to go and hike down to the very end of this strip of wildlife area. 
and just kind of check out the woods down there because on the satellite view of the map, it looks like a bigger area to hunt. So I go back to the truck and I gather all of my stuff, kind of, you know, do like a clothing change, get a snack, kind of get prepped to go for a couple mile hike. And on my way out, this young man comes up the road. He's got blood on him. He's like, um, can you, can, I, I, I just shot a deer and, uh, I always hunt with friends that know how to gut a deer and I, I don't even, I don't have a knife and can you help me? (laughs) I'm like, oh boy. So I proceeded to go and we drug the deer up on a hillside and I showed him how to use a gut hook and how to, uh, basically how to gut his deer. I mean, he asked me to help him. And really at that point, I wanted to give him a hand with taking care of his deer, but I also didn't want to take the extra half hour to explain every step. So I just kind of told him what I was doing anytime he couldn't see what my hands were doing. And just explained a little bit of the process as I was doing it and just did the whole thing myself. But that was uh, that was really... That was unexpected. I did not go into this hunt expecting to gut someone else's deer for them, but there I was. And you gave him a knife. I did. I had, so when I bought the house that we're in now, there were, you know, inevitably homeowners will leave behind little things that they don't pack. And it was a little bit sticky. Yeah, like it just, like it had a little rust in the hinge. And yeah, it was a replacement blade knife and... The grip was a little worn on it, so it wasn't really nice, and I was just going to keep it in my pack with a gut hook on it, just for convenience, so I wouldn't have to change out blades between, yeah, I wouldn't have to open the gut of the deer, and then take the gut hook off, put a different blade on, because your fingers get slippery, and you you just don't want to deal with sharp stuff. So I have two of these replaceable blade knives in my pack. One of them not being too nice. And so when we were all finished with everything, I put the gut hook that I had used on it and gave him a blade and told him that he could have that knife and now he could gut his own deer. But moving on. So my afternoon was also public land eventful. I hiked down to the end of the wildlife area, which was, I don't know, two or three miles. Along the way, I just kind of hunted my way up, just hoping to kind of like jump a bedded deer or something and didn't see anything, but found some really nice places to hunt that afternoon and the next day. So that evening, I settled into a spot where there was a lot of fresh deer sign. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching these squirrels. There are these wonderful big fat fox squirrels just playing around and chasing each other and it's like a little I don't know just a nice little forest scene and I'm just chilling just relaxing weather's nice and all of a sudden I hear something rustle in the bushes behind me and I hear some water splash because I wasn't too far from the river I was probably 50 feet from the river bank river bank and a couple of minutes later I hear more rustling in the bushes And I kind of turn real slowly because I think it might be an animal. And right as I turn and look over my shoulder, this man comes chimpanzee type running out of the bushes. Like one hand on the ground, 
holding his gun in the other hand, and runs like that to the riverbank, unloads his gun into the river, and then stands there and kind of turns around, and I'm walking towards him at this point because I want to see what the fuck he just shot. And I ask him as I'm walking, I'm like, did you just shoot a deer in the river? And he just sort of looks at me and then turns away, and I walk closer and... Then I figure out pretty quickly that he doesn't speak English. And he says something about a deer in the river. And I didn't really understand. And he wandered off. And I'm like, well, this spot's blown up now. <laughs> so I I go on and uh, just wander around a little bit more. I wasn't really sure what to do at that point. And I wander around a little more. And I, it's getting dark, and I start to head back towards the truck. And as I'm doing that, I'm watching, instead of, I'm on this kind of wide double track trail, and I'm, I'm watching straight to my side for animals to move. I'm not really watching ahead of me. But I catch the movement out of the corner of my eye, and I look ahead of me, and there is a guy standing on a hillside that the trail goes by. And he is waving both of his arms in my direction, just wildly flailing his arms at me. And I just kind of, at first, ignore him. And then he keeps doing it. He's like getting more and more insistent. And I look behind me like, is he doing, there's no one else around. He's definitely waving at me. So I stop and like wave back at him and he starts motioning towards the bushes very insistently so I'm like fuck I just gotta go like walk through the bushes over here just because this guy says there's something over there I guess I have a new hunting partner now I've got dude on the hill and I never find anything and so I pop out of the bushes and he's close by and he's like you didn't see that eight point run right in front of you (laughs) like no obviously not (laughs) Apparently a deer had spooked, he had spooked a deer out of a little canyon up from the trail and it had run across the trail and into the woods not far from where I was, but I didn't see it because I was just looking in the other direction. So that was, that was a thing. I've, I've just never, I've never had so many weird encounters with other people while I'm out hunting. There's always been weird encounters, like one or two, but never that many concentrated into two days of hunting but I went back to that area a few times and I never really had much success and I really didn't find that much fresh sign I saw mule deer out there but I didn't see what I was gonna say do you want to talk about whitetail and then like the rest of whitetail season and then mountain lion hunting next time no I'm almost finished with this whitetail hunt so I went to this area uh, a few more times and never had really much success. And I, I, the sign kind of dried up a little bit. I think it just got so pressured that the deer were either moving around only at night or had kind of moved, moved out of the area. But there was this one corner of the wildlife area that you couldn't get to without doing that dangerous shit on the railroad tracks. And it was a long hike to get there. So... I really wanted to, and I figured this out later in the season, and it was too late. I wanted to float, get a pack raft, and float across the river right there and get over to this one kind of isolated area of of river bottom. 
Because if there's one thing that's true, the harder it is to get there, the more deer there are. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, not always. Right. So I wanted to do, to do that, and I even borrowed a pack raft. And I got there, and it had been so cold that the river had this giant ice shelf on, on the banks. It was occasionally, you could kind of see the water, and the water that was not frozen was going really fucking fast. So that was not, I'm not saying you couldn't cross the river in a raft. I can't cross the river in a raft in that situation. Uh, I've been on the river exactly, I don't know, one time in a boat and a few times in a tube. So I am not a paddler. So I did not make that crossing, but I think next year what my strategy is going to be is definitely hunt opening morning when the deer are not really expecting people to come in and shoot them. They never expect the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. And to also take the boat with me early in the season and float across the river once the deer do get kind of pressured out of the really uh, well-traveled areas to go across before there's a giant ice shelf. So that's pretty much it for my whitetail hunt. I, you know, learned a couple of new spots, uh, saw some cool stuff, met some weird people. So, you know. You were a weird person to someone you met, just I, so I'm you sure know. I'm sure, I know, I, I know that I was. There's There was this woman out there just wandering around. <laughs> I don't know. Matt, what would you think if you met me when hunting and you didn't know me? I mean, well, you probably wouldn't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I mean, I'm just trying to be, like, real here. I don't know how we'd, like, meet in this. I I can't even put myself in this, like, role-playing situation. Well, some people, if you pass them, you know, if you're approaching each other on a trail, some people want to stop and talk and ask, like, have you seen anything? How's it going? You know, just kind of check in, maybe like get a little bit of information. Because some people, if they're leaving an area, they'll be like, yeah, I am not going to hunt anymore. It's just like the elk hunters that I met when I was elk hunting. They were like, so we're going to hunt where this private, there are all these elk on private land tomorrow. But as long as you're not going to like come out there in the morning when we're hunting there, we'll tell you exactly where they are. So, you know, so it, it helps sometimes to talk to people because sometimes you can get some information and people will chat with you just to see if you're going to give them information the same way that I'll chat with people to see if they'll give me information. See, I just, I really like talking to people, but hunting is like the thing I'm least good at. So I think it's the place I'm like the least, I'm the most shy or least talkative. Like when it comes to bikes, I'm an expert. I'll talk shop all day but like when it's when it's hunting yeah i just don't talk to people like like during my hunt some dudes sat down and talked to me and i was kind of annoyed (laughs) when was that i I forgot uh just some dude came and like sat down and like chatted with me which which spot was it you can be vague i know the places where you hunted uh overlooking into the other unit okay i'll show you on a map all right well like if you walked off the rainbow trail and looked into the other valley. Okay. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, the thing is with that, no one really knows what the fuck they're doing. So you don't have to get imposter syndrome. You know, don't feel like you don't belong there. 
because that's also what I've learned from the conversations that I had and from just my past experiences with hunters is I've felt like I don't know what I'm doing and I still feel like that. But I've also realized that most other people don't know what the fuck they're doing. So it's okay. Everyone's just out there and you just, you just do what you're going to do. And sometimes there's going to be other people around and you just can't be self-conscious about what you're doing because you're not going to kill anything if you don't try. Are we done for tonight? Yep. Hella done. (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening and good night. Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you'd like to see more Just Writing Along outdoor media content, you can find us at JustWritingAlongShow.com, Just Writing Along Outdoor Media on Instagram, or you can join our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Just Writing Along. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.